0: I want to remind the kiddos there's Bill Merman he has a candy the candy basket if you I didn't type out specific notes if you write two things from the sermon two things that you learn from the sermon if you write it 17 and under kiddos then you then you get a treat let's pray father we praise you and give you honor and glory We want to lift up your name. We want to ask that the Spirit speak in power. We ask this in your name. Amen. Sing with me. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Ten years ago, everything changed. Everything changed for a little island. Because this little island got a bridge. And this island is called Sorak-do. So, so in Korean, do means island. I was, I was on an island there. I was a missionary there. And pyeong which is really close to North Korea. I could see North Korea on clear days. I can tell you that story some other time. <laughs> but this is Sorokdo, Sorokdo, and Sorokdo is known for one thing. It's, a, it's almost a, a throwaway island in Korea, but what makes Sorokdo so different is for the last century, It has been a leper colony. It is one of the only remaining leper colonies in the world. And for years, it was the largest leper colony in the world. And 10 years ago, they decided we are going to build a bridge. Actually, before then, but 10 years ago is when it was fulfilled. So they decided to build this bridge, but they were going through turmoil in building this bridge. Because previous to this, they had only carted people back and forth via ferry. And the only way a leper could go off the island is if a doctor signed a permission, an official permission slip, this person absolutely is not contagious, and then we are transporting them to a specific hospital. But other than that, they were not allowed. But a few years before this bridge was built, they decided, we are going to make public access in and out. And So people got afraid in Korea. Why would we build a bridge that lepers could come out? Now, if you understand the history of these, le- these lepers, and there's some that are very, very old. If you watch some of the videos, they were there from, they were around during World War II. And this leper colony eventually became the testing ground for some of the Japanese. They were experimented upon, they were tortured. Until, from 19, about 1910 till 1945, this happened. And then after 1945, after the war was over, still lepers were quarantined to this island until the mid-1960s. And they've lived there ever since, never to leave. Now, some of them were interviewed when they, when they were building the bridge, and they said, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to leave the island? I said, probably not. The majority, the vast majority, said, we probably will not leave because of the, preju- the prejudice and stigma that's been put upon us Over all these years, nobody wants us in their society. But how sad that they are not, they are at the very corner of society. Pretty much left to die. And this is the society we have lived in. Because maybe we have done similar things. 1 Peter 2, verse 5 through 9 says this. I'm going to read it through my text. Here it says this, and I hope it's very similar. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. To a holy priesthood Jesus Christ, you're right. And a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So, last week, we said, we are the... Cricket, cricket. Man, people listen. Last week, we said, we are the temple. Amen. We are the temple. This week, scripture says we are the priesthood we are the priesthood now biblical biblical teaching is it does this all the time cuz ironically you know you have jesus and jesus is the sacrificial lamb but he's also the high priest and also the cornerstone of the temple so he's three things within. This is how Scripture does it. We are the, we are the temple, according to the Corinthians, or to the, the letter to the Corinthians. We are the temple, but we also are the royal priesthood. Now, here's the thing. Old Testament, who was the priesthood? Like after the Exodus. Who was it? Levi. Now, do you know that that wasn't believed to be the original plan? The original plan was not that Levi be the priesthood. I want to read to you in Exodus chapter 19. Remember, this is before Levi became the priesthood. It's actually before the Ten Commandments even were given. Exodus 19, verses 5 through 6, as he addresses everybody. It says this so it's not up there you have to either have it memorized or right here now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant everybody okay he's talking to everybody then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession although the whole earth is mine so everything's mine you will be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation these are the words you are to speak to the israelites not to the levites to the Israelites. Everybody was supposed to be part of the kingdom of priests. Everybody was part of the royal priesthood. But the reason why it is believed by the sages of old, why the Levites, and I don't know if you know this or not, but why the Levites became the priests is because there was something that Aaron did that the people all around called as Moses was still on the mountain. And they became afraid, and they said, we don't know where our faithful leader is. So what did they have Aaron do? Or what did Aaron do? He makes this calf, and everybody bows. Except what tradition teaches according to, along with this scripture. If you go to Exodus chapter 32, starting in verse 22. So Exodus 32, verse 22, it says this. Do not be angry, my Lord, Aaron answered. You know how prone these people are to evil. You like that? I mean, Aaron is totally, you know how evil they are. He's the one who made it. You know how evil they are. They said to, they said to me, make us gods who will, be, who will go before us. As for this fellow, Moses, who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what happened to him. So I told them, whoever has gold jewelry, take it off. By the way, according to other commentaries, it's believed that he said, I didn't think they were really going to do it. I told them to give me of everything of value, and I thought that they were so selfish they wouldn't even do it, but they did. Back to the text. Then they gave me the gold, and I threw it into the fire, and a calf came out. Man, well, they'd seen a lot during the Exodus time, you know? Moses saw that the people were running wild. And Aaron had let them go out of control, and so became become a, a laughing stock to their enemies. So he stood at the entrance of the camp and said, "Whoever is for the Lord, come to me." And who came to him? The Levites came to him. Not all the tribes came. So it was believed, at this moment, the priesthood was decided. You all are not worthy to be the priesthood. I'm not you, I'm saying in that context. The Levites are the ones who will live for the Lord. And it was decided that the Levites would be the royal priests. But was that the original intent? No. According to the text, no. Tell this to the Israelites. You are the royal priesthood. You are the priesthood, the kingdom of priests. It's you. So what does that mean? What are you as a priest? Does anybody know what the Hebrew word for priest is? Can anybody? It's actually, they use it. It's a Jewish last name now a lot of times. Have you ever heard of like Kohen? Cohen, you know, they used to say C-O-H-E-N. That means priest. Cohen, It comes from the word kahan. And kahan literally is a base of a pillar. The foundation of a structure, the base part, is kahan. Something that gives foundation. So they started using it. Towards the Kohen, the Kohanim. The Kohanim, which is the plural of Kohen, the Kohanim were the foundation of society. Maybe even more than the tabernacle. Because guess what? The tabernacle at times was destroyed. But the Kohanim would go wherever. Collectively, we believe that the tabernacle was very, 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 very important. And it is the center of the society there. But the priesthood, the call to priesthood, was the foundation of the nation. Now, what they would do, as you know, is the first calling according to God's template is you must perform sacrifice that's a job of a priest you must perform sacrifice you must also be part of the part of the oracle what we would say but as the prophetic office originally the priests were to be the prophetic office which was supposed to be for everybody third you maintain the temple If there is a temple or the tabernacle, you collect tithes, not so that you fill your pockets, but so that you can take care of the temple. Fourth, you are to blow the trumpets. You are the one who is supposed to lead people into the worship. And then fifth, ironically, you are to take care of the lepers. Leviticus 14, verses 1 through 4, if you're there, Leviticus 14, 1 through 4, it says this, the Lord said to Moses, these are the regulations for any diseased person, so not just lepers, any diseased person at the time of their ceremonial cleansing, okay, that could be several things, it could be a woman at her specific time, any whatever, but When they are brought to the priest, the priest is to go outside the camp and examine them. Are they to go to the priest, or is the priest to go out to them? It says there, the priest is to go outside the camp and examine them. If they have been healed of their defiling skin disease, the priest shall order that two live, clean birds and some cedar wood Scarlet yarn and hyssop be brought for the person to be cleansed. The leper in Hebrew tradition represents the fringe, everybody that is outside the camp. They started in the camp, but they are outside, they are broken, they've been exiled quarantined you think about that woman that was bleeding you know in the story of Jesus bleeding for 12 years now you know the story that bleeding was because she was a female this is menstrual bleeding she had for 12 years straight women will, us men will never understand that for 12 years straight But biblically, she was to live on the fringe outside the camp for 12 years because that ailment meant she was unclean. Unclean for 12 years. Nobody can touch. Because if you touch her, you are unclean. And you have to go through the ceremonial cleansing process. So nobody wanted to touch her. That's why secretly she went to touch him. But I wonder if in her head she's saying, I don't want to defile him, so I'm going to touch the tzitzi, which is the fringed little tassel right at the end so that I hope I don't Defile him. But I know that there is power. And she knows that there are power in his wings. The kanaf, which at the end of the kanaf, the wings, is the tzitzi, the fringe. Boom. But I'll do it in secret. Because I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be outside the camp. Sad to say, by Jesus' time, the priest had gone so far off. it was no longer that they went as the caretaker of the fringe that was one of their main purposes was to be the caretaker of the fringe and try to work so that they become part of the center again but they left that post do you remember the story of the good samaritan who Before the Samaritan walks by this man who is beaten up, bloody, maybe even dead, according to them, who would defile them, who were the two that walked by him? The priest and the Levite. Their job was to do it. More than everybody else, it was their job to take care of him. And they stepped away and walked on the side of the other wall and said, I got things to do, people to see. I can't afford a week of ceremonial cleansing. And they did not approach him. It took a non Jew somebody that the Jews hated to do that work. Have you noticed that in our society? I'm thankful to be in this country, by far. I am proud to be an American. What makes me sad in this context is we have left the humanitarian work to the government. God wanted to shine through his beacons of people in here. And we have left that work to people out there. So we paid tax dollars to do that. But I wonder if the work was supposed to be done by people in here and people would be drawn to the kingdom Because of the humanitarian work that is happening here. Because we are the royal priesthood. The government is not the royal priesthood. Amen? Well, you, we are the royal priesthood. See, they would send them out. If you look in Leviticus 13, verses 45 and 46, it says this. Anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes. They have to keep their hair unkempt, uh, cover their lower parts of their face, and cry out, unclean, unclean. You don't just live, okay, I'll continue with that. As long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. They must live alone and they must live outside the camp. So you don't just live outside the camp. You let everybody know you're a loser. I'm unclean don't come near me I will harm you whatever it is but God designated a people to take care of them the priest but see what ended up happening is we started making sterile priests sterile not as in can't have kids (laughs) sterile as in sterile environments I remember when I was a kid, do you remember, and, and I'm not saying, I, I think it's a positive direction we're moving, but do you remember as a kid, you had a dentist, and that dentist would just get all in there and do whatever, he didn't have a mask, he didn't have glasses, or unless he wore glasses, like corrective eyewear, he just, all right, and, he'd, and you'd have that thing and, and then you'd spit in the little, and you know, there was saliva going everywhere, he was going to get saliva on him i have seen dentists that have like a welding helmet on now you know what i'm talking about and you know you know they're like a transformer and they probably have it where you you know you can stick your hand in through and you know or laparoscopic you know surgery to pull a tooth or whatever it's it is be where we are be becoming a sterile environment where we no longer have to touch other people. I know I am to blame for part of this in my own personal life. I remember when I was at Southern Adventist University in Tennessee. Anybody Southern? All right. I guess I'm the only one. So at Southern Adventist University, God had put in my heart when I first gave my life to Jesus Christ, there are people that nobody visits in the nursing homes. And so I started going to the nursing homes by myself. I had just learned or just started learning how to play guitar and luckily their ears were going out so that I could play and who cares, you know? Oh, he's doing well, he's such a nice boy. You know, so so I would go there and I would ask at the front desk, I want to go to the rooms that nobody visits them. So they would give me a list. These are who. And at that time, I felt safe to hug on people. You know, and sometimes in the nursing home, they have food running down their You know, hug on people. They would kiss me. You know, sometimes they'd kiss me on the cheek. And I think as I've gotten older, I've lost that. I know in the back of my head now, immediately, I'm thinking, oh, we need to wash our hands if we go there. We need to—I am part of the problem here. I have become one of the sterile priests. I have want a life where everything is without germs, where, without complication. But that's not my calling, nor is it yours. Because guess what? If life lasts that long, we might be that one that's drooling with, and we're hoping that somebody will come visit us, to sing with us, to hold our hands, that we can kiss their cheek. We hope for that. Do you know what, I actually just looked up when, when I was studying for this, do you know what sterile actually means? Like why we say something is a sterile environment or whatever? It just means barren. It cannot reproduce. So why we use it in those kinds of environments is the spores or bacteria cannot reproduce itself. So it's sterile. But when we are sterile like this, in our sterile, sterile environments, our ministry is sterile. Do you understand? We will not reproduce. We will die off. If we do not become the royal priesthood again, intentionally, our pews will get emptier and emptier and emptier because we're barren. We're sterile. Were unproductive. Numbers 19 says this, verses 2 through 7. This is a requirement of the law that the Lord has commanded. Tell the Israelites to bring a red heifer without defect or blemish, and that has never been under a yoke. Give it to Eleazar the priest. It is to be taken outside the camp and slaughtered in his presence. Then Eliezer, the priest, is to take some of the blood on his finger and sprinkle it seven times toward the front of the tent of the meeting. While he watches the heifer is to be burned, its hide, flesh, blood, and intestines. It's a little gruesome here. The priest is to take some of the cedar wood, hyssop, and scarlet wool and throw them into the burning heifer. After that, the priest must wash his clothes and bathe himself with water. He may then come into the camp, but he will be ceremonially unclean till evening. Do you realize that even the thing that purifies because blood was what purified even the thing that would purify the camp would make him impure. Did you catch that? What would make the camp clean actually make the priest unclean. His job is to become unclean to help the camp become clean. Are you catching that? His job is to touch people that might have germs. And that might not be physical germs. It might be people that are hurting because substance abuse because other kinds of abuse. Stuff that maybe happened to them. Maybe it's something that they put on themselves. Maybe it's their fault. Who cares? You're a royal priesthood. You're to help them. I'm to help them. I am to help them. The new The new thing is God is restoring back to before the Levites became priests. It's not just a group of people that go to seminary that are to be the priests. It's you. You are to touch the people. You are to embrace them. You are the ones. And if we are that way, we will no longer be sterile. Just like it says in Ministry of Healing. It says, if we would do this, if there were less time towards sermonizing and if more of us were following Christ's method alone, where we touched people, where we cried with people that cried, where we wept with them, where we rejoiced with those who rejoiced, if we did that, she says, it cannot and will not be without fruit. So there is a story in the Talmud. And if you don't know what the Talmud is, it's sort of a commentary, a Jewish commentary on scripture. And there is a story in the Talmud that goes this way. And I don't want to mess it up, so I will read it. And it says this Rabbi Yehoshua, which is just Joshua, Ben Levi, the son of Levi, met Elijah. Standing by the tomb of this rabbi, his name is Rabbi Shimon Bar uh, Yochai, and he asks Elijah, When will the Messiah come? Because you know Elijah, when will the Messiah come? And Elijah replies, Go and ask him. Huh? Where is he seated? Rabbi Yehoshua said. At the entrance of the city of Rome. Really? At the entrance of the city of Rome? He said, But how will I recognize the Messiah? He said, Oh, it's easy. He's sitting among the poor lepers, all of them bandaging their wounds.